Hello and welcome to the Best in Leeds podcast. We've got a very special edition today. It's an Emmerdale-themed extravaganza. Um, Sam, you're going to tell us a little bit about Emmerdale. What, what do you know about it? How big it's massive, yes? Yes, absolutely. So it's the Yorkshire Soap. Um, it's also the second longest running on UK TV after Corrie. So this has been going for some time. So we thought it'd be nice, seeing as it's filmed in Leeds, um, and obviously we've got the studio experience in Leeds, and, and Emmerdale is much loved. Uh, that we do an Emmerdale special. So, yeah, so like I said, longest running um, UK TV soap after Corrie. Um, five, between five and seven million viewers an episode, which considering. Not bad. Yeah, it's on every night of the week. It's mm. a commitment. Soaps these days are commitments, so yeah, it's impressive exactly. that they keep people coming back. Um, so, yeah, October 1972 was the first ever episode, when it, back when it was called Emmerdale Farm. Um, Streamline these days, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just Emmerdale these days. Yeah. Now it's so it was Emmerdale Farm until 1989. Um, and Craig, you were saying that you were told by an insider about something quite interesting about the Emmerdale Farm debate and the name change. Yeah, well, you know what is interesting. So, um, as you'll hear in a few minutes, I went as part of this um, episode to go on the Emmerdale Studio Experience, the tour, and it was amazing. It was really cool. I mean, I'm not, I, can't, I have to admit, I'm not a massive fan of the show, but I really enjoyed it, and it's something I did grow up watching as a kid and all that. But anyway, yeah, I was on the tour talking to one of the. Um, the staff there and they said that I, I remember I do sort of vaguely remember it being a big thing the transition from Emmerdale Farm to Emmerdale I mean big but um, they they said that it's interesting now when they work with ITV that ITV aren't always that keen to really emphasise the history of the Emmerdale Farm ah and back I, when it was Yorkshire television and not necessarily ITV yeah maybe and, like, and I think maybe without putting too many words in people's mouths I think it was like that sort of like that country bumpkin type image yeah, what that might have absolutely well so, that's how the show started it had the premise of being like a TV version of the Archers which yeah, yeah. if you're not familiar with the Archers I'm an Archers nerd so I love it <laughs> but the Archers was is basically the, the longest running soap but that's on radio mm. um, and that's setting a farming village in Borsetshire which is, I believe, somewhere in the West Country. I think so, yeah. Um, they talk about Birmingham as the main city, the city near them, yeah, so I'm assuming it's the West Country. Um, but the Archers uh, was set up around sort of following these big farming families, mm. and Emmerdale was set up with the Sugdens, which you long-term fans will definitely remember that family, yeah. um, as TV's answer to the Archers. So I can see why they wanted to maybe move away from because the modern the modern soap now the show now is certainly not like the archers we well, certainly don't hear about herds moving as much as no it's, the archers. it's not a big storyline that anymore is it but what what they said when i was there was that um now they like the idea of it sort of being aspirational countryside yes posh countryside yeah exactly like, that, that was I the thing they get using a little bit near harrogate and i have a big garden Yes, yes, that, that would be <laughs> less yeah. than I'm struggling to sell milk because the because of Brexit. But the, but, but the thing is, what I would say, maybe I'd watch it more if them storylines are there. And personally, you don't know. I mean, I'd be captivated to be honest. Well, this is why I love the Archers. I swear, to, I know more about dairy farming now than I have in my entire life just from listening to the Archers, <laughs> which is worrying. Maybe I'll branch off and go live in the countryside. Um, now, the biggest is some controversy here. We're going to have to start with something a little bit shocking. So, obviously, Corrie is famous as being created by a proper Manchester lad, mm. working-class playwright, Emmerdale, Kevin Laffin, Southerner. Oh, wow. Yorkshire soap. 
created by a man born in Reading. Oh, wow. Reading. Reading of all places. Yeah. He's never so, even seen a sheep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's, I don't know whether they want to keep that part of the history now. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why. I mean, that was they never mentioned get, when I was there, so possibly. No, they need to get Kay Burley in stats. They need some yeah, property. Exactly. Although she was a writer in Emmerdale. So mm. yeah. they brought in the Yorkshire voices. But yeah, creator was definitely from Reading. And trivia fans, uh, Emmerdale was referred to as Beckingdale until 1994 when they changed it after the oh was it the plane crash no, yes after the plane crash they decided to go they just called the village Emmerdale but you know what's interesting though with that and the name change and like you say being called a different place imagine that was in the sort of social media age we're in now imagine like if Cory took street off it for argument's sake <laughs> it like, became correlation it was such a sort of like twitter star wouldn't it yeah or called themselves Weatherfield yeah, yeah exactly no it is what it is but yeah it's um I don't know, I, I, vague, I have vague memories of the Emmerdale farm years. I know it was until 1989, but I was only two in 1989, so that's probably why I don't have a long memory of that. No, well, the thing is, I was born in 1989, but I do remember, maybe it's like family, I do remember it always being referred to as Emmerdale farm for yeah, quite a long like time Yeah, like they've afterwards. just not yeah. got over the name change, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, so we've got, uh, so Craig, obviously, like I said, went down to the Emmerdale experience, studio experience, which is on Kirkstall Road. You can't, you've probably driven past that Emmerdale building a million times if you use Kirkstall Road a lot like I do. Um, so yeah, how did you find it? Did you have a good day? Yeah, you know what? I mean, I know we've mentioned it briefly, but when I was younger, I used to watch Emily a lot. You know, it's that, it's that thing when you live with your family, it's like it's on, it's just like convenient, I guess. And I, don't, I've, I have to admit, I've not watched it properly for a, a couple of years at least. And I was a bit like, oh, well, I like this, but I not. Is it just like a story I'm going to uncover or whatever? But actually, you know what? I got it. And all the things that I probably watched as a kid were still there. And it was great. You went to like the Dingles house. It was like a little shack type thing. And, it was such a tip and you'd see all like bits and pieces <laughs> everywhere. And one of the nice things she mentioned actually, which wasn't on the interview gonna hear, she t- showed me the um the Dingle's house. Oh yeah. And like she said all the little bits of like fan uh, f- fan like letters and bits and pieces that get actually get hidden there, like the blankets as oh, well. Oh like Easter eggs. Like yeah, a little bit. Room. And I think she does mention the, the blankets as in the interview, yeah. but basically like she said you'll get all the crochet coming through fans will send it and you'll get new bits of crochet and stuff oh, and that's, that's pretty so cool. Nice. And yeah, it was really cool, you know, like you went round it and I think it's about £22 for the ticket. Mm-hmm. And you do really get value for money. Yeah, um, you get a proper day Yeah, out. you do. I mean, I, I've not done the Koi one, but I imagine it's probably in a similar sort of vein to that. Yeah, It'll be the same people that do it, the same company. Thing. So, yeah. you know, probably. The one thing that was really interesting was, which she said, which people don't always know, is that you not actually go always go into the village. You can go to the village at the weekends, mm-hmm. but obviously the village exteriors are used for shooting during yeah, the week, so yeah. you can't go there. So what they did to sort of compound that was they built like a little model village of it inside it. Oh, that's cute. So you can see that like, this is what's there at yeah. the weekends if you go. Yeah, because I think it's only certain summer weekends they open it up, isn't it? Yeah. It's certainly not all the time. That's the thing. Well, especially like you say, during the week, it's busy. But the, I guess the one thing that really stood out for probably super fans is going into the Woolpack, which is... Yeah. Barring Absolutely. the beer and the alcohol is a fully operational pub, but barring that, obviously. Brilliant. So you can sit in there, you can have a look at the menu, you can obviously um, pretend to pull a pint around the bar. Brilliant. And I asked, actually, they said um, they're going to look to maybe get a licence to actually, when you're on the tour, maybe have a drink in there as well. Oh, I guess they can. I'm sure, again, fans will have that, yeah. I think as long as they keep the actors away from it when they're shooting, that should be fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I think we're going to hear the first little bit of your day at the Emmerdale Studios now. Yeah, so um, it's Jenny Shepherd, one of the staff members, who gives me a little guided tour, so enjoy. Hi, I'm Jenny Shepherd, and I work here at the Emmerdale Studio Experience. Jenny, so you just showed me around the studio. 
It looks fantastic. Um, I imagine it's really popular with the fans. It is, yeah. So the best thing um, that Emmerdale fans love about coming here is they can really, really immerse themselves in the programme. Mm. They can get on their favourite sets, they can take pictures, they can have fun with sets, they can do things like record their own message and email it to themselves home. They can get behind the bar at the Woolpack and pretend to pull a pint. So they really, really do become part of the world that is Emmerdale. And you told me going around that it's been open about 18 months now Yeah, so. yeah. So we've been open about, yeah, about a year and a half. So um, we right. have welcomed um, kind of, oh, well, I won't say the exact amount, but a lot of Emmerdale fans over the years. Um, the best part about, I think, this attraction is you don't actually have to be an Emmerdale fan to really, really appreciate it. Mm. Emmerdale is so well established um, in the UK and also around the world that people will recognise the characters and they yeah. will recognise the sets and... Even the Emmerdale theme tune, I don't think that there's a single person in the UK that couldn't hum along to that, which I can't hum along to. I guess to so that's at not a moment. challenge now, but if you want to, you can. <laughs> For licensing purposes, <laughs> I'm not allowed to. Oh, yes, licensing purposes. Yes. So that is the first little taster of my behind the scenes tour, the Emmerdale experience. Um, Sam, one of the things that came up just at the end there was how popular Emmerdale is around the world. I mean, you mentioned it's obviously massive in this country, mm-hmm. and millions of people watch it each night. I mean, it's huge in foreign countries as well, obviously. Yeah, and not the ones you'd expect and then there's usually big American audiences yeah, for British yeah. subs in the same way that there's British audiences for like Dynasty and yeah, you know, the so classic American subs doesn't. yeah yeah um, but yeah with Emmerdale so this is pretty amazing in Sweden Emmerdale is the most watched daytime non-news show so and that's impressive it's good yeah if Sweden have a version of Holmes under the hammer Emmerdale <laughs> is kicking its ass frankly so, the Omnibus must be hugely popular. Yeah. Um, and then in Finland, it's the most watched non-Finnish weekday programme. So of all of its sort of international programme, Emmerdale is winning. So it's got the Scandi uh, market quite well. <laughs> it, really. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if there's, you know, with certain characters, the same sort of corduroy um, yeah. and thick-knit jumpers, you know, they were probably thinking, oh, we, we still have exactly. similar climates. That, that rural element, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then finally in New Zealand, it is the second um, most watched uh, daytime TV program after the news. So that's ridiculous. Isn't that's it? mad. Is there not a lot of New Zealand telly? It sort of feels like you should be a gag from Flight of the Concords that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah, definitely. They should be sat watching Emmerdale at some point. Yeah, yeah. They probably are. They just don't want to talk about it. Maybe, they, maybe you know, obviously Brett and Jermaine were in Leeds at the weekend. Maybe they went to the studio at all. We don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, huge world following, which is uh, nice to know. Australia as well. It's not winning out in Australia, but. You know, Australia have home and away and neighbours, so exactly they, well they've got own. so popular, like pretty much covered, haven't they? Really? Yeah, definitely. Um, but the interesting thing with when it's shown afford, uh, in other countries is how far behind storylines get. Yeah, so, cool. same principle with neighbours and over over here, I guess. Yeah, because my mum, my just as an aside, my grandparents were huge neighbours fans, mm. and we went to see family in Australia, and obviously neighbours were very much far ahead. Swapping stories about storylines. Oh, my mum got back and ruined a storyline for my grandma, and she did not forgive her. She just came back and was like, oh yeah, he's dead, isn't he? And my grandma was like, oh, <laughs> like six weeks behind. So yeah, there is some risks with it. But yeah, there we go. Global uh, audience there. Um, so we'll nip back to your lovely tour with Jenny. Um, what do you think you find a little bit more about what exactly you can see in the studios? So we have, um, as well as kind of um, trying to keep it very current here and um, welcoming people that are currently watching the show mm. and um, highlighting some of the bigger storylines that they've had in the recent years, we also like to go back to um, kind of the vintage days. Emmerdale's over 40 years old now. Yeah. Um, it's really, really well established in the region. It's changed 
hugely from kind of being a very slow paced Yorkshire rural style storylines to quite gritty current aspirational countryside living storylines so it's come a long way and our guests really really love the mixture that we do of kind of the old and the new. Yeah Sam so it was really great going around the set and as you sort of heard a little bit there we got to see some of the old sort of fashion storylines and and some modern as well I mean you've got some stats and sort of interesting stories about what we've had yeah um, it's funny when you look back over the history of Emmerdale and the sort of storylines it did in its early years to compare to what it does now obviously mm. it's won a claim for some of its more modern uh, storylines particularly under Kate Oates who took over in 2012 she's now with Corey. Um obviously the biggest storyline well the biggest single episode most watched episode Emmerdale have ever done was the plane crash back in 1993 uh, that killed four characters off 18 million viewers on one episode it was on the 30th of December so that perfect Christmas New Year middle all where you just eat cheese and watch telly I do remember that I mean I say I would have been quite young at the time but I remember that just being carnage oh yeah definitely well I think at the time those massive stunts maybe weren't as prevalent in soap as they are now so Mm. this was a huge deal they actually timed it interestingly earlier that same month had been the five uh, year anniversary of the Lockerbie disaster in okay. Scotland and apparently that's the sort of thing they took inspiration from that kind of yeah. something what on paper sounds absolutely ridiculous happening in such a small place and what that can do um, but obviously talk about the early years and the traditional farming storylines there are some absolute crackers uh, in terms of particular deaths and accidents that have happened in Emmerdale over the years so we'll go back to 1978 there's nothing more Yorkshire than this a mine explosion Trapped. Yeah, that's pretty Yorkshire, isn't it? Nobody died in that. Three lads were trapped. Came out with cuts and bruises, luckily. Oh. Uh, so that's nice. All then's well then. Yeah, Enoch Tolly in 1981, not so lucky, killed off in a tractor accident. And then Pat Sugden uh, died in 1986 in a car accident after swerving to avoid a flock of sheep, which is oh, definitely a farming storyline. Uh, Paul Dennis Rigg was crushed by a bull in 1989. Pretty rural again. And this one, I think there's a bit of an underhand political statement with this one, but Jackie Merrick in 1989 accidentally shot himself while he was fox hunting. I don't know what message Emmerdale was sending about <laughs> fox hunting at that point. Um, they were well ahead of the time there, weren't they? Oh, definitely. Bit. Now, in 1990, you can see the tide turning. You see them coming less out of the farming storyline yeah, yeah, yeah. and into the bigger, sort of more dramatic ones. So in 1990, some of you remember the chemical tanker um, that crashed into the village um, and it trapped um, is it Amos. I think it was Betty's husband in the cellar of the wool pack. This is going back some years now. Yeah. In 1999, Rachel Hughes was killed by Graham Clark when he pushed off a cliff. We all have a good cliff Yeah, story. I remember that. Yeah, very reminiscent of Barry and Jeannie. Yeah, there off. we go. Yeah. Been there before. Yeah. Um, so, ten years on from the plane crash in 2003, they did uh, a massive storm. Um, yes, that I remember destroyed that one, the yeah. trees falling down and think, was, that Trisha, tr- was that Trisha? Yeah, Trisha yeah, I was Dingle, Trisha, yeah, I that. crushed by a chimney in the wool pack apparently. Yeah. Um, and then in 2012, John Barton went over a ravine in his car. Um, and then obviously one of the bigger ones, the the big scene setters, and I think this has got a few award nominations as well. 2016, the big Hotton bypass pile up, mm. so the big car accident. Um, that had all sorts of ramifications for future storylines as well. It wasn't just a car accident. I think this a lot yeah. fed into the dementia storyline. Like it, it, it opened a lot of, of doors for different. I mentioned that on the tour. They do um, one of the, the nice things about the tour is yeah, they've got like maybe four or five um, sort of set um, areas. Like obviously the Dingles and the Wolfpack and like say the the model for this type of thing. But they have like interchangeable. 
of yeah. attractions and obviously displays and yeah they do it around some of the big stories so one of them was the car crash yeah they had like the display um, dedicated to that and like, oh, the sort brilliant. of like big sort of picture of like sort of all the people involved and yeah. some of the um, memorabilia and costumes and everything involved in that as well which is pretty interesting oh that's because I think as a soap fan you know obviously you've got all these storylines running at the same time um I think when you get these big set pieces, this big, like, we're going to do one storyline and we're going to do something huge. So, like the Hot and Bypass crash, like the tram crash in Corrie, yeah, like yeah. those special weeks they dedicate to something. As a sort of fan, their fans are absolutely brilliant because they're almost like films. By the time you've seen it all, um, some of the production values they've got these days are absolutely fantastic. And I think the interesting thing is, I was thinking about this um, when you were mentioned it just then, was I think if I was not to being told that you know, your time's up. <laughs> I think this is the way you want to go, is it? Oh, yeah. I don't want to leave in a taxi. I want no. to obviously be taken out in this sort of situation. Yeah, you want to go in a body bag after yeah, a standoff. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Because um, you'll be remembered and you'll be talked about in the run-up as well because my favourite thing, whenever the announcement is, is who's, who's going to die. Goal, yeah, you know, exactly, They'll yeah. say something like, oh, we'll kill off two characters yeah. and you're like, who's going to go? So that's always brilliant. And, and the good thing is as well is that in Saltland, even if you do get killed off, there's always that slight potential that 10 years down the line you could come back <laughs> in one resurrect. way. Yeah. Well, look at, I mean, Carl Pat Phelan, yeah. he fell off a cliff into the Irish Sea, made not a jot of difference. He was back. Dirty Den. Gosh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that was a proper. Was it Dallas that brought somebody back in ridiculous circumstances? Yeah, that was a that was one to get your head round. Um, okay, so I think we're going to hear a little bit more of your interview now. Uh, I think talking about the different areas it filmed at, because obviously not everything's filmed at the Kirkstall Road base. No, no, exactly. Yeah, let, we'll let Jenny explain a little bit more on that one very much a different experience every time you come we update um the rooms every few months to keep current with current storylines we even host special events where we have kind of ex-cast members come down in the evenings and they will do meet and greets in the wool pack and you can come on a special evening tour and sit down and have a drink and ask them questions mm. and things like that so there's so much going on we've got kind of fantastic events programs with little bits and pieces over the maybank holiday for example we had a lot of the cars from the show, things like the Diddy Diner, the Dingle's Truck and things like that that people absolutely love seeing. And you mentioned, obviously, when we were going around, um, that the Woolpacks obviously got the new frontage there. Yes, yes. So we've, we've done a lot of development work this year, although we are still a brand new visitor attraction. We're always trying to um, listen to our guests and see what it is that they want to do. Obviously, we're an attraction based in the centre of Leeds mm. and the village... Um, exterior set is actually based outside of Leeds so we were trying to bring a little bit of the outside inside so we've just um, invested in putting a huge front on the wool pack which um, people are absolutely loving who wouldn't like a picture going through the wool pack door exactly and I'm guessing during the tour that's where they stay the most and go through into the wool pack as well they do um I must say I think our most popular set's actually the dingles it? it's so colorful it's got that awful iconic sofa <laughs> With the uh, crochet blankets and things like that. And one of, you know, the secrets behind the show that we tell on the tour is that um, those crochet blankets are actually all sent in to Emmerdale from viewers. Loads and loads of people love to crochet and they send them into the programme. They see, um, if you look very, very closely, you'll see that the dingle sofa is always changing the blankets. And it's because they like to update it so people will eventually see their crochet blanket on TV. Also a little bit of a secret from the show there. It is a secret from the show, yeah. Yes, that was the latest part of the interview and the tour with Jenny. Um, Sam, the one of the things that's quite interesting is, I mentioned it a bit earlier, is that people go on the tour, and it, I think there's a message they were trying to get across a little bit, is that 
you are going to get a great day out if you're a fan, but you might not necessarily always get out to all the filming locations, and they are trying their best to sort of tick the boxes there to give you a little taste of it as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the hard thing, isn't it? They need to balance the fact that people want to see these locations, but they've got a working uh, village for their external yeah, shops, yeah. and they need to film it, you know, they need to keep up, especially when you look at the pace that soaps work at is insane. Mm. Like, you'd look at six episodes a week at least, and they film usually around six weeks in advance. So that's a packed schedule. It's certainly not an easy job. So trying to balance the needs of fans with the needs of them to get the show made it yeah, must exactly. be tricky for them. Um, but yeah, with the filming locations, it is, it is all shot locally uh, in Leeds, if not in sort of towards North Yorkshire. Um, apparently, it was originally shot in this uh, tiny little village called Arncliffe in the Yorkshire Dales. Um, but the filming location was made public. It got leaked. Now, this is years, you know, this is in the 70s, yeah. so I don't think it was on, you know, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. uh, but somebody somebody talked about it. Uh, Down so, the pub, probably. Yeah, so at that point, it moved to Assault um, in 1976, and it was there for 22 years wow. until they built their purpose-built uh, one, which is, uh, as people know, at um, Harewood. Uh, which opened in, well, started being used from 1997. But what is another thing I found out? Um, so obviously Ashley's Dementia storyline was huge, won mm. lots of awards. And the episode that they shot through his perspective, showing what it's like for somebody with dementia and what they see, they went back to the Eshalt set. Okay. Um, because obviously it would look like an older version, yeah, like yeah, a confused yeah. version of the current one. Exactly. Um, to film some of those things. So they've not been there since the 90s mm. and then 10 years on for that one episode went they back went there. back there and did some filming there which I thought was quite cool yeah exactly um, the original Emmerdale farm was near Harrogate and home farm if you're interested is uh, Crestgold Hall which is in Arlington so if you want to go over and see that I'm pretty sure it's a working hall so maybe don't you know start knocking on windows but you can have a gander um so yeah, also obviously you might you know I just I don't think I've ever met anybody that lives in Leeds that hasn't seen an Emmerdale actor somewhere. Um, Harrogate's the place that I hear. Harrogate, a lot of them live up there because obviously it's convenient for getting down for filming. But you often see them shooting in Leeds City Centre if you're lucky. Mm. Um, the village of Hotton, well the sort of market town of Hotton, the posh bit, that's Otley. Uh, okay. So oh, they cool. use Otley for that. And um, Benton Park School. Uh, in Yeadon, I know someone that went there. That's used for some school shots, as is a primary school in Farnley. So you might spot some of your old classrooms on there as well. So it is a problem. And then obviously your internals are on Kirkstall Road. And mentioning um, some of the cast, the, the one good thing that's really good about the um, the tour is that Jenny said that they regularly get cast members down. They don't really try and overly publicise it. No, because you'd have a scramble. Uh, yeah. Scramble? I think it's a scrum and a scramble. Combined, yeah, I mean, so was, yeah. That, was that ye olde Emmerdale farm <laughs> yeah, pot, was it? Scrambles, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, you, you would regularly get um, cast come down. They try and keep it relatively low profile, yep, because you obviously get a lot of people there. And also because, tour, oh, not touring, because um, filming schedules can sometimes suggest that maybe they can say yes and then actually change the last minute and what have you. Yeah. But they're very good looking at it because I saw a few notices. Very good at getting one of these sort of like former cast members down. You know, sort of maybe just sort oh, of that's cool. Ones that are just sort of yeah retired. And yeah, maybe doing a bit of panto or whatever. Oh, know. nice. But, um, 
Yeah, we were desperate. I went when I went to the corridor in Manchester. We were hoping to spy, but they'd already moved on to their new set. They, this was the old one that they then demolished. So. Yeah, well, well, it's funny actually. I, I was saying this when I went to the Emmerdale one. I um, I never actually went to the old Corey one, but when I was a kid, I went to like the Granada Studios one. So it had yeah. Corey there, and it had like yeah. sort of random Universal type stuff with like the Terminators. It was, it was a real weird mismatch sort of, <laughs> of Corey and the Terminator. It was very odd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, and I think the thing is, is that. From, from speaking to Jenny and obviously some showing me around, I think what they're really keen on is making it that fun experience. Because yeah. she said that actually, it's, I think it's it's been going now about eighteen months, and she mm-hmm. said that it's been a bit trial and error for them. You know, they've tried to sort of put things in there which they think might work, might not necessarily. She said one of the things which was quite interesting that when they first started. They very much meant it like sort of like a media sort of techie type tool. Oh, okay, like a, this is how we do the a little bit how they we pu- film the how show they put it together, how they edit yeah. it, that kind of stuff. And you can still do elements of that. And actually, one bit that really took my eye when you're doing it, you can um, like me and you, for example, you could yeah. sat here filming a scene, and then we sort of pick certain points to sort of come back in and out, and like it's quite oh, good to pick different no, cameras. Okay. And that. That's quite That's interesting. Quite cool. Like but, at the National Media Museum in Bradford. Yeah, that kind, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. But they said, I mean, I guess your super fan or your fans are just. As they were sort of saying, was that actually they probably just want the sort of the costumes, the props, you know? Yeah, you want that feel. Sets, you I want guess, to see the things you've been watching on television, exactly. don't you? And you want to get excited about seeing somebody's cut, or you yeah. know what I mean, or a sofa, or an internal. But, set but I think it, I think it's a nice balance though, because they've got all that kind of stuff, but you can still do like say a few bits yourself. And I think that yeah. makes it a bit different for me. Like for me personally, say someone that doesn't watch it every night, I still enjoy the fact that I could maybe try and be part of it. And you know, yeah, that kind no, of stuff just and, seeing that it's that whole behind the curtain thing, isn't it? In TV, of just being able to see how something. Made. It's and, always interesting. And it was interesting actually just on the just on the prop thing as well. One of the things that really caught my eye, they, like you say, it was like a lot of the stuff they wore and the costumes, that kind of stuff. But the fit actually really caught my eye was um, they had Seth's hat. Do you remember Seth with the big yeah, tash and all that? And legend. They, they had his hat there, and that was pretty cool actually. Brilliant, definitely, yeah. absolutely. Um, okay, so we'll go back for the, the final bit of your uh, interview from the studios, and I think uh, they're talking about a special deal for people living in Leeds. Yeah, they are. Um, I'll let Jenny obviously explain, but yes, it's um, Residence Week coming up and um, they've got quite a really good deal if you want fancy going down and giving the tour a try. Coming up this year, you've got the new attraction coming in as well, which is currently been worked on. Yeah, so I can't give anything away at this point, mm. I'm afraid, but it is imminent. We've just um, moved one of the rooms around and we're going to be having one of the most popular places in Emmerdale feature on our tour so that guests can come, sit down. I can't give away where that's going to be. But um, we did go out to all of our fans across our social media pages, ask them what set they'd most like to see here, and now we're building it. So oh, well, that's a wait watch and see. Space, yeah. <laughs> and it's not it's not long to wait and see. It's actually going to be in place from next month. Oh, fantastic! And you mentioned earlier as well the residence week's coming up as well. Yes. So one of the best things about Emmerdale is if you kind of take a moment and think about it, there isn't a bigger brand that's ever come out of Yorkshire. It is mm. Yorkshire's biggest brand, and you know. It's here, it's always had its home in West Yorkshire and one of the most lovely things that we hear time and time again is how proud people, um, particularly in Leeds and the surrounding areas are, about Emmerdale and how you know it's this absolutely fantastic show, it gets so many awards, it's absolutely brilliant and it's right here in the heart of Yorkshire. Mm. So um, to kind of celebrate that, what we're doing to give the residents of West Yorkshire the opportunity to come and see what we're all about and you know really you know feel pride in their program is we are reducing our tickets from 22 pounds to five pounds for one week only between the 9th and the 13th of july imagine a lot of fans were down there then <laughs> yes a lot of fans and those tickets are selling very very quickly yeah and i guess if you're going to sum this experience up in a sense so what would you say it is what how would you sell it to people and what if you're a fan 
Um, well, our tagline is step into the drama. We want people to come here. We don't want people to stand behind velvet ropes mm. and peer in. And, you know, they sit at home, they sit on the sofa, they're looking into their TV and they're separated from the world of Emmerdale. We want people to come here and immerse themselves fully in the world of Emmerdale. Great stuff. Thank you very much for the tour. No problem. Thank you. Please come again. So, yes, yeah, Sam, if you are fancying going down anytime soon, obviously any listeners, I think the next couple of weeks will be the time to do it, really, because it's a great deal. For, it's a fiver when it's usually 22 quid. I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing. a pint, isn't it? Yeah, Especially that, a pint. Yeah, I've definitely spent more on a pint in town. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not in the wall pack, though, obviously. It's cheaper. Oh, no, definitely. They wouldn't get away with those prices up there. Yeah, I think um, it's lovely to see them giving back to the, the city, that obviously where they've always filmed yeah. and... Um, and give it back to West York, so that's a really nice one. So it's a lovely offer to, to make. And I think I think what's interesting with Emmerdale is it always felt like it was in the shadow of Corrie. Obviously, Corrie mm. is this you know, huge programme, um, longest-running soap on UK TV. Um, and in recent... And Emmerdale always felt like, this, you know, the poor cousin. Like, it was there and it was in the, in the, yeah, the schedules, and you watched it before Corrie, usually. That's the, it was like the warmth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what's interesting in recent years is how much it's coming into its own now. Um, I do think a lot of this, particularly the awards recently, has to do with Kate Oates, who's mm. obviously now the producer for Corrie. Uh, but she was at um, Emmerdale from 2012 to 2016. And she brought in some really big storylines and looked at really tough subjects as well. I think that whole thing of moving away from countryside, Mm. you know, country life storylines into stuff that's that's real and that people relate to and they can talk about, even if they don't, you know, drive a Land Rover in the Dales. Um, So things like uh, Cameron Murray's Killing Spree, that was one of Kato's storylines. She brought in Michael Parr, the actor, as Ross Barton, who was then killed off everyone went mental, petition was started he was brought back, apparently that was the plan all along I don't think she expected the initial panic though when Ross Barton uh, died uh, Donna Windsor's terminal illness which was absolutely heartbreaking yeah. Laurel's uh, alcoholism, that was another one so I mean these are all things that while obviously it's co- you know, it's, it's so proper and it's drama and it's exaggerated I think things like terminal illness and in particular I think one that definitely was something people could relate to and learn from was the uh, dementia storyline mm. with Ashley played by John Middleton yeah exactly um, that was very much planned out over a long time painstaking research mm. done to make sure it was accurate and and that's the thing isn't it it was making sure it was accurate and making sure they work with the right charities and groups to sort yeah, of absolutely. get the message I think across I think it's so important for soaps like this I mean people say oh it's just a TV programme but if that TV programme is somebody's window into a really important social issue like dementia like uh, alcoholism, like things like the grooming trial in Corrie, you know, things that, that people maybe don't know a lot about or haven't been through but know these know exists yeah, yeah. in, in the world, it's so important that you get it right because if you start perpetuating any myths or any falsehoods about it, you're just doing it a disservice. And I think they got a lot of praise from the Dementia Storyline for just doing exactly what these charities said was the case and, and putting that real experience there. And I think, um, as you mentioned with them storylines, but I mean, particularly the Dementia one, but you list them characters there, and like I say, they're, they're like characters you really know, like Donna, Ashley, them type of people. Yeah. And I think soap operas are that little bit of escapism. And some, and some people watch it, I think, just to have escapism, but well, if it's been nice and merry, oh, some yeah, people. But of it's interesting to see that, you know, it, it was mod, modern life, real life, whatever you want to call it, and yeah. actually these people were going through bad things. And, and I think the thing what's good about Emmerdale, the way they handled it, particularly that obviously one with John Middleton, yeah. is that in East Enders, for argument's sake, the characters sort of become a little bit caricatures themselves, don't they? And you, yeah. you, you know, you, 
as, as horrible as alcoholism is, you sort of see Phil Mitchell every couple of months go down that bandwagon and then he's sort of miraculously <laughs> fine again and they sort of make it into, in some respects, a bit of a joke, I guess. But actually, yeah. with, with um, obviously, the John Millison case, I mean, that was so well acted. I mean, he won a host of awards. He got oh, a... yeah, they scooped up. They cleaned up at the British Soap Awards last year. They got five. Um, they got Best Soap, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Male Dramatic Performance, Episode and Storyline. And it was everybody that was involved in the Dimension Storyline. Like, it just cleaned yeah. the board. And I think, the, but I think the thing is, I mean, the awards are great, obviously, but I think it's it was the care they put into it, like you said, obviously, with the filming at the different sets. I mean, it's little bits of detail, and even that episode from Ashley's perspective. Yeah, that and was groundbreaking TV. Exactly, and I remember watching the episode, um, an episode recently where I think he'd sort of done, like, a message from, like, a video message back and stuff yeah. like that. And that was, even though someone doesn't watch it all the time, that, that was still quite emotional for me to see, and it shows how well put together it was, and you can appreciate how well acted it was as well. Oh, definitely, yeah, John Middleton... Uh, well, everybody involved in the storyline and the awards that won were much deserved, and I think that was felt across the board, mm. even from their sort of colleagues and other soaps and and other storylines that had happened that year. Um, but yeah, I think there was a time where you'd, Emmerdale getting best soap would have been not considered that likely against Corey mm. and Emmerdale, like the two the yeah, giants. Exactly. But the NTA is last; they've got it in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. Like they're on, they're on a roll. They're on seem to be getting better. And that's the thing. I mean, you mentioned that idea of maybe it being in the past considered to be the poor relation to Corey a little bit or what you know that kind of thing yeah. but, but now I mean it's very much stepping toe to toe with Corey and the, oh no it is and the interesting thing is now is that for the most part it's sort of leaving EastEnders behind which yeah. you know I, I have to admit I watched the, an episode of EastEnders recently for the first time in a long time and you know what when I was younger I probably of the three of them even weird being from Manchester I probably actually liked EastEnders more than the other two okay. weirdly but it was the first time I've, I've, I've not seen it properly for a while, but it's the first time I've ever seen it properly for a long time or probably ever in my life where all them sort of cliche things people say about EastEnders is a bit depressing, it's a bit this, it's a bit that. Yeah. I watched it and I thought, God, it is a bit depressing. Well, this is the thing, and I think this is something that Corrie and Emmerdale and the ITV subs do really well is that light and shade. It's yeah, that yeah. balance of, okay, we are going to do a really hard hitting storyline about something that's going to either upset you or frighten you or someone's going to be killed off or whatever and that happens and you need that the people that say they'd still watch Corey or Emmerdale if it was all light hearted yeah, yeah, yeah. nice storylines are lying frankly um, but they've got that balance so for every you know 22-25 minute episodes you'll have the bulk of it will be on the trial but then there'll be just a five minute it's clip where it's just there. something the relief, that, yeah you have the comedy characters and you have these things happening and I think that's something that EastEnders maybe haven't done to the same extent. And I, and I guess what I would say, because obviously you're a much bigger Corey fan than I am, but even from the outside looking in, like say the stuff with um, Feeling recently, even though obviously it was it, like some of it quite severe, obviously like it was, it was horrible. Some of the oh, stuff he did, definitely. But you sort of liked him. I he became like a panto yeah. body, and it was brilliantly done. Um, the actor whose name has just completely escaped me, which is annoying me because he's wonderful. Uh, he just played a blinder from the start, and you yeah. c- you couldn't hit him. I, no, I couldn't exactly. hit him. He was a monster by all accounts, but he did it so well. Conor McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. he played that. He played that role really well. Oh, he was so good, and even the ending with the showdown in the bistro. It was just really good telly. Like you didn't want it to end. I think there was definitely a feeling after that that you were a bit like, 
Oh, it's gone now. It's done with. He's not in Curry anymore. Well, it was sad. Well, I saw him. Um, you might have seen this advertised, but I saw he's doing panto with uh, Les Dennis in Manchester. He is, year, indeed. Yeah. He bumped off Les Dennis in Curry, which is brilliant. I think <laughs> me and Matt are going to try and go because I was like, I can't miss that opportunity to see him on the stage. I've been the ugly sisters, I think, aren't they? Yes, which is fantastic. Fanta- oh, yeah. amazing. No, it's going to be so good. And but I, th- I think that's the thing, isn't it, as well? Um, I think it's something which Emma does as well. But when they do have them sort of whodunit type stuff because mm. obviously Emma there last year had that particular storyline with a yes. whodunit and that was one of the other things which was um, the set pieces on the tour and I think they're very good at doing that kind of stuff you know yeah, but both Corey and the, yeah, yeah definitely uh, like, both Corey this and is the week Andela. it's all happening yeah definitely and then um, the big reveal obviously and it was quite cool actually because um, like they said the big whodunit they did last year I won't spoil it in case anyone hasn't made themselves aware of it yet but uh, <laughs> they had like the uh, the lineup of all the people and there was like a big question mark next oh, to it and all brilliant. this kind of stuff and you just knew that was the sort of thing like it was sucker fan and you know what I mean yeah, like you love definitely. that you? yeah you do me and my mum can and this is really sad and I, I'm just going to own it uh, can have entire phone conversations about what's happened in a soap but we the, won't even talk about real life we'll just genuinely discuss the merits of somebody getting divorced for 20 minutes we've never even met they don't even exist these and that, people but, but that's the whole point isn't it that's, that's yeah, what the, that's what the room. For, you're meant it? to feel like you know these people that's yeah. the comfort of it and I think that's what make what make experiences like this like the Emmerdale studio talk so brilliant yeah. is that it puts you that one step closer exactly, to yeah. I've watched this on the TV you could probably draw most of the sets by hand from memory now you get to be in them and it's just brilliant it just makes you really sort of nostalgic and excited about the show and you know I will say at the end of the tour as well I mean as most good tours do they end up in the shop um, and you go in the shop and actually it's quite nicely put together because the shop sort of set up as the shop is in Emmerdale oh, and that kind of stuff I love I, that and obviously there's quite a bit of Emmerdale themed stuff and they were telling me like there's certain bits of items in particular where this run out they like you know to use the cliche they sell like hot cakes and, really like, yeah. what's the ones that run it was out a bar- it was a bag it was like a bag I, I have to admit I don't know the shop because obviously I don't really watch that much but it was a whatever shop it is in there they had like oh a, like the branded they had like a branded it was like a branded sort of like wickery type of effect bag and oh, that was all the ones which sold out really quickly and it was interesting you know because I was looking at it and like I was yeah, they said they said it sells out really quickly and it was odd because I was looking at it and thought, if I saw someone wearing that on the street, I wouldn't know what that was. But obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's oh, like an inside thing. Of yeah. Being on, they, obviously. Definitely. That's brilliant. Yeah, it was really cool. And you know, even someone like me there, I was there thinking, oh, mine getting something for the shop to go. So there's some nice, pretty cool things there. Yeah, it's, well, it's stuff you can't just buy as exactly, well. Yeah. I think that's the thing. You know, obviously, all, all roads end to the, lead to the gift shop and things like this. Yeah. But there's a reason for it because people want that merch. It's exactly. And, and, you know, and the good thing about the tour is. Um, there's enough sort of selfie opportunities. I mean, I think I think one of the big things which you can imagine is um, obviously the, the shot behind the Wolfpack pulling the pint is a big oh, one. Oh, brilliant! But also the, the mock-up going into the Wolfpack, you know, that's the one as well. People yeah, tend to do as well. Yeah, they're cool. popping in for a pint. Although yeah. I must admit, the whole pulling the pint behind the Wolfpack bar. Okay, nice picture. Can we not have you know chucking a pint over somebody? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I'd say that's more true to form. Well, maybe with the license, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Go in, take a mate, nominate who's going to get soaked, and then chuck a pint. Yeah. I, f- I think one of the things sort of just to sort of round up, like I said, from the attraction element of it is what I really liked was, and I spoke to you guys back in the office about it. I liked the little continuity things, the little meticulous details. Like so, they had um, they had something about the sugar tax on the wall. They're like little, oh, brilliant. They had like. Um, them little allergy notices that you see in pubs and restaurants and bars and all that kind of stuff, you yeah. know, like potential speeches about allergies or whatever. And then I really liked that um, the food menu actually had like proper details and prices on, on the walls. Oh, brilliant. And it's just little thing. obviously it's stuff you would see in a pub, but it's little bits and pieces that you wouldn't really need, I guess. Yeah, but, still but they do it yeah. anyway. Are you going to share the menu with the world? I think that's something everyone should want a nosy at. 
Yeah, I will do. I might um, I might tease you for now. I might okay. I might, I might um, leave it for a story. But yeah, it, it's quite nice. Um, with the menu, they had like sort of Marlon specials and all that kind of stuff as oh, well. Okay. That was really cool. Brilliant. So people can find presumably details of this on the website. We can take a look and yes. get that out there. We're going to get this story out on the website in the next couple of days. Lovely. So if you want to do an imaginary order for a pub you'll never <laughs> actually eat in, keep an eye on Leeds Live. We will have those details. And I think just um, rounding up, thank you very much for listening. And if you are interested in the Residence Week, um, as um, as Jenny mentioned, it starts on July the 9th, and you can get your ticket, which would usually cost £20 for just a fiver. So if you're a fan, you should Brilliant. definitely get down there. Definitely get down there. Yeah, that sounds nice. And um, thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. And you never know, we might do a few more Emmerdale specials here and there, so keep your eye out.